The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Matters. I'm Jenny Forma, and I bring you greetings from Florida, from Elbert Jewish Family and Children's Service. And we have a great show for you this evening. I want to introduce again my co-host, uh, Linda Shub. Thank you for being here with me. Hi, thank you. And uh, you're right, we should have an exciting show today. Yeah, so let me tell you who our guests are. Um, in no particular order, I'm going to introduce Larry Barotkin. Uh, Dr. Barotkin serves as the Vice President of Pratco. He has 20 years of experience in the assessment and coaching of executives, managers, and key individual contributors. He has also worked very closely with the police department and manages and conducts safety forces, selection, and promotional evaluations for over 100 departments in and around the state of Ohio. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I'm really, really excited about your being here. Um, in a little while, I'll explain to the listeners how, how we met. But I'm uh, just really so thrilled about um, having both you and our other guest, William Gillers. William, do you go by Bill or William? Uh, you can call me Bill. That's fine. Okay. Well, welcome to our show. Uh, Bill is a leadership consultant, primarily assisting federal government managers to obtain leadership certification for entry into the senior executive service. And uh, Bill, you have 30 years career as a lawyer and a member of the senior executive service. At the time that you retired in 2005, uh, Bill was the associate director of the Treasury Department Bureau of Engraving and Printing where his primary responsibility was occupational safety and health. I don't know why I want to salute, but welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. And we're just really so pleased you're here, and we're going to jump right into it. Um, the topic for tonight's show, um, I'm on the East Coast, so it's really late afternoon, but this afternoon's show is Great Leadership Starts With Me, Knowing Self and Organizational Culture. And I really couldn't think of two better guests to have on the show this evening. And I wonder, um, Bill, if you could maybe talk just kind of a little bit about your direct experience in leadership roles. The, your bio is posted on the website. But kind of incorporate some of your thoughts about leadership, teamwork, and organizational culture. Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, I came to leadership in a kind of a roundabout way. I, I started my career as a solo performer. Uh, I was a lawyer 
started as a law clerk to a um, senior government official and um, never really dreamed uh, uh, that I would um, end up in a leadership capacity. But um, part of being a good leader, I think, is being able to go with the flow. And um, the opportunity presented itself, and I was encouraged to grab the opportunity. Uh, in that process, however, it took a little bit of um, encouragement, and I'll come back to this later if I have time, and the importance of having a mentor. Um, and um, uh, being a mentor and having a mentor. And during that process, I was able to uh, make the transition from the solo performer into an effective leader. And um, I think I could add something to the knowledge of our listening audience um, in terms of how you position yourself to be an effective leader in different types of organizations. That, that's really terrific, and I also wanted to point out um, that you've also taught at the Center of Leadership and Management at the USDA Graduate School. That's correct. As an adjunct faculty person, while I was Associate Director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, mm -hmm. I was asked to join the faculty of the Center for Leadership and Management, where I taught several seminars uh, to different levels of aspiring leaders, uh, all around the theme of how to best position yourself to be effective in different work uh, roles and different types of um, organizations, primarily large governmental organizations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's really great. And um, Larry, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about your experience in leadership roles and also thoughts about leadership, teamwork, and organizational culture. Sure, Jenny. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been kind of an interesting ride along the years in terms of working with various leaders. Um, in my professional life at uh, Pradco, I assess leaders and coach leaders in all different types of organizations, many public sector organizations as well as many nonprofits. Um, both secular and uh, religious in nature. Um, so there's that side of the coin. The other side of the coin is actually holding leadership roles in various nonprofit institutions as a lay leader. Um, one of the experiences that I had early on at a nonprofit was the training and development of professional staff to grow their leadership skills. And now in my role now, I have uh, the ability to work either with senior leaders or emergent leaders as they prepare to take on more responsibilities in, in their organizations. Um, in terms of general thoughts about leadership, I think the key point is that one cannot really separate out leadership from organizational culture. Uh, one of the key mistakes individuals make is they think there may be a, quote, universal uh, form of leadership that works in every environment. And what we've found through the years is a big mistake if you make the assumption that uh, leadership is the same in all environments. There's certain demands, there are certain expectations, and those things are very much defined by the organizational culture. Yes, I, I would I just jump in here and say I wholeheartedly agree with that, and one of the big challenges is to be a leader in an organization which in which the senior um, echelon might not have gotten the memo on collaborative leadership and may be operating in a command and control atmosphere. And so uh, even though that is contrary to 
um, the best way of um, of your notion of the best way to get good results out of your uh, team. Uh, sometimes uh, it becomes a major challenge if the expectations at the top of the organization are not aligned with your own leadership style. No, I, I would agree with that 100% as well. I, I mean, the stats are really rather distressing in terms of the number of senior leaders who typically fail when they've gone to a new organization. The turnover rate is close to 50% within the first 18 months. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not because the individuals aren't talented, they aren't skilled in their own specific areas, but um, there's something called organizational awareness, where if you cannot identify the culture, the cultural norms, and know how to work within that system, it really doesn't matter how smart you are, the number of contacts you have, how strategic you are, there are certain ways to get things done, and unless one picks up on those signals, um, the transition is likely to be pretty rocky. Jenny, I have a couple things to add. Yeah, go ahead, Linda. Um, One thing I do know um, for our listeners and others is that it costs about 1.5 times an annual salary if you lose a new leader within the first year or soon thereafter. So it is very, very expensive. Um, The other thing is it's interesting. I have a dear friend and colleague who was a guest on this show not long ago who just took a new position where he is being groomed for the next three years to become the successor to the CEO. And he said to me that, I said, so what are you doing first? And he said, I'm watching and learning and trying to understand the culture and the people and where their strengths are and where the culture is positive and brings positive outcomes and where the culture may be suppressing creativity or uh, innovation in a nonprofit like that. So it really sounds like regardless, just regardless of really what knowledge and skills you have, you can bring those to the table but may not be effective unless you really understand the organization that you work with. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's 100% uh, correct. If you think about it, when people fail in organizations, and this is one thing that we assess in leaders all the time, is that do people typically fail because they don't have the technical knowledge? They don't know enough. 95% of the time, if you do a decent, have a decent selection system, it's not going to be the problem. The, The problem will be, does the person have a good understanding of how those things work? So it's much more important to look at some of those intangibles mm-hmm. in terms of the knowledge of the culture as opposed to do they not know enough. People fail because they can't get along with people, they don't have the correct decision-making style for the organization, etc. It's very unlikely that it's going to be the skill level or proficiency of the person or whatever their specialty what, is. What I, I really am hearing what you're saying because... What I often say to people when they join our team in a leadership role or, frankly, a professional role, and I believe leadership comes in all sizes, shapes, and levels, Mm -hmm. um, is that one thing I cannot give you is how to be a professional. I can help you understand the culture. I can help you even figure out how to negotiate the culture, Mm -hmm. where the resources are, and they're not always formal, and they're not always in chain of command. But I cannot 
give you a manual that says this is how you be a professional here. It's interesting, though, because what um, we're coaching and teaching on are uh, things like it's very hard to define be a professional. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of the programs I work with, we've broken that down to self-management and uh, we use a resource by an author named Linda Hill, H-I-L-L, and she's out of Washington, D.C., but she talks about self-management almost like emotional intelligence, and then that helps you build the relationship to exhibit your leadership, the multiple relationships it takes to be respected over and above your technical competence that got you there in order to be um, very collaborative in teamwork. It's all about the relationship. Right, which is what you started out talking about, Bill, when you were talking about the collaboration that one needs as a leader to be effective. That's correct. It really, uh, the leader has to be, and and something that Linda mentioned before uh, is very good, too, and that is leadership occurs at any level in the organization. And so you can have um, a leader uh, at an entry-level position, um, and a, um, a leader at the head of an organization or the head of a team um, needs to be able to recognize those leadership attributes in the team members and nurture them and coach them. Um, and it's also very important to, uh, to um, going back to the, the point about organizational culture, the leader of a group really has to be politically savvy, uh, not Democrat, Republican, uh, uh, politically savvy, but uh, in terms of the, uh, the PowerPoint, the, the power um, uh, places in the organization, how things get done and how things are mm-hmm. supposed to yeah. flow, right. you really have to be able to pick up on those and uh, almost have an intuition about it right. in order to be effective. Uh-huh. And I've just picked up on my cue, which takes us to a break. So hold You're your so effective, Jim. and we will be back in just a few minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. 
If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hi, and welcome back to Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. This is Jenny Fruma, and today co-hosting with me is Linda Schub, and our guests, Larry Barotkin and Bill Gillers, are on the line with us, and we're having a really interesting conversation about uh, great leadership starts with me, knowing self and organizational culture. In the last segment, we spoke quite a bit about how important uh, knowing oneself is within a leadership role, but really that's not it and that's not all. It's probably equally important knowing the organization and the culture within the organization. And I wonder, Bill, you were kind of, uh, before we went to the break, talking about... um, you know, leadership at any level within the organization. And, Larry, I wonder if you could start us off in this segment talking about a little bit from your perspective, what are some of the good qualities or what what are some qualities without passing judgment, good, bad, or ugly? What are qualities of a good leader? Well, first of all, I mean, there are some what you might say are universal qualities. We've done a lot of studies on leaders across all various types of organizations, and there's certain core attributes that typically will be, will generalize across all different types of both nonprofit, for-profit, and public organizations. Typically, you know, your stronger leaders understand and will drive to get results. They will try to meet the expectations of the organization, but at the same time will balance that with the need to support, mentor, train their own staff. Also, typically, the best leaders, um, and we've talked a little bit about the organizational awareness, um, there's also what we can call self-awareness. Before one can practice self-management in terms of changing behavior, one has to be aware of how one is coming across. We typically, when we work with leaders, whether it's coaching or whether it's um, assessing them for higher-level roles, we'll often look at self-awareness, interpersonal awareness, organizational awareness, because when the person can really have that total look at themselves, they just do really a much better job of being a leader. Also, I would say another key area that is important for leaders to work on is the idea that being a leader is not being a 
super individual contributor. It's not trying to do everything yourself at the ultimate level. It's how does that really strong leader utilize the skills and talents of the staff? Because after a certain point, there's diminishing returns when the leader tries to do everything him or herself. It really is how do they best utilize those talents of the people around them in a team-oriented atmosphere to go after those desired results. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are some of the commonalities that we see. I'd like to uh, jump in on uh, one aspect that I found just from practical experience. Um, when I was asked to take over the leadership of an organization that had been around for a long time and the former leader had uh, retired, um, and I was coming into a brand-new uh, setting for for me, uh, one of the things that I found that inspired people to want to join my team, even though in in a government organization you generally have to be there because that's the way the org chart is organized. But I tried to get people to want to be there, even though they really had to be there. Um, and one of the ways of doing that I found was to help them see the big picture to see how what they were doing, even though it was a small piece of the total pie, how what they did fit into the larger picture. And once they were able to grasp that, they could see that they were really much more important than they were given to understand by the, their position on the organization chart. And through time, I found that I was able to inspire them to become more creative, more flexible, more willing to open their minds and see possibilities. And I found that that was something that uh, is a trait that I ended up teaching that uh, at the graduate school, as you mentioned at the top of the program, um, finding that that was a um, a gift that I had learned from uh, working um, in the organization, and that so that's another aspect: being able to um, continually learn, not only from your mistakes, but to learn from your uh, successes and mm-hmm. build upon and, them. And it also sounds you didn't use the word vision, but it also sounds like if you are able to articulate a vision. Well, that's right. Those yeah, if you don't know where you're going, you. how will you get there? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so having a vision and being able to inspire your team members to share that vision rather than just telling them this is the vision, mm-hmm. get them to buy into it by showing them that they actually have a stake in what happens if they embrace this vision. And, that and sometimes it's even necessary as to tweak the vision. The, the, excuse mm-hmm. me. That really gets to be very important as one looks at the various generations. Um, we've done a, a, a decent bit of work with some organizations where there's just major shifts in the demographic of leadership. And typically, I'm thinking of a, a large study that we're doing with the Cleveland Clinic right now, is that the younger emerging leaders need to feel a connection. If you look at the Generation Ys, the Millennials, the same motivators aren't there as they were for, say, the Baby Boomers or Generation X. There needs to, those, the newer, the younger individuals need to find a connection, some level of emotional engagement. And the better leaders now are not selling their people on why it is, things are important or why their jobs are important. The stronger leaders are really communicating. And communicating is not just, it is sharing the vision, of course, but it's not a, a one-way dialogue. It is really 
conveying the information, the importance, connecting the individual to their work, but then also taking the feedback from the direct report. So, so that it's not one way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Communication is mostly listening. It's, it's uh, talking less and listening more and absorbing, really, what's being communicated. Mm-hmm. Without kind of, you know, a personal lens of bias or, or where one is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Like, as you always said, there's probably a reason that God gave you uh, two ears and one mouth, and you probably should use them in that proportion. <laughs> right. um, is that... You know, since we're talking about communication, the one thing that strikes me over and over again is how someone may be hearing something but rarely clarifies what it is they've heard before they kind of go into what's important to them or how they might react. I don't think we, quote, teach communication that way. No, no because we never practice that way. And when we're teaching... If we do an exercise or demonstration or coaching an individual or just counseling with a peer, um, it's interesting to watch the reaction when you ask somebody to state back what that person has said And usually they can connect to the technical side of the issue, but not the uh, emotional side, feeling side, urgency, or where it fits into the bigger picture. So a lot of times people look like they're talking and listening, but it's not the same as like hearing and understanding the implications of what's being said. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's very true. It's interesting when we do coaching with leaders will often use what are called 360-degree instruments. Basically, an individual can rate themselves, then they can have their direct reports, their peers, even their supervisor assess them. And typically, over and over, one of the, the weakest behaviors, one of the areas that is typically seen as a great developmental area, is communication. Being articulate, being a good listener, and sharing information. Because with all organizations trying to work so lean today that sometimes the what I would call effective communication and the effective listening is lost in the rush to meet the next deadline, meet the next expectation. Right. And and I'll just jump in also with listening and communication is so important in the art of the deal and the Mm -hmm. art of compromise the art of negotiation, because so much of what really gets done in, or, in an organization today is done with and through not only your own team, but how with your team interacting with other teams and within, the or, within your organization and within teams outside uh, your organization and uh, often offshore, often in another continent, mm-hmm. on another continent. And so it is really necessary to be able to listen effectively because otherwise you cannot really negotiate in good faith and come to a compromise if you really haven't listened and ferreted out what is really the most important thing driving the other party to the negotiation. There's a reason that the best, you know, whether they be um, business development individuals or philanthropic giving individuals, there's a reason why the best ones are good listeners. Um, It's typically the rookie mistake 
of the person in any type of sales capacity who overtalks the sale. How do you better determine the other party's needs if you're not really truly practicing active listening? If you get caught up in your own presentation, your hit rate is just definitely going to go down. I want to jump in with one other aspect, and that is ethics. Uh, that's something we haven't touched upon, but I really think it is the obligation uh, of every leader to always focus on doing the right thing right the first time, every time, and to be honest, to be open, to be able to accept a failure without uh, berating unnecessarily oneself or one's colleagues or one's subordinates. Um, so... And also modeling, just modeling the behavior you wish to see in others. If you model that yourself, um, you often find that you can bring people along um, who might not otherwise uh, be inclined to do that. Yeah, I think there's a reason why, you know, there's a saying that you can best judge a leader by how they handle their failures, not right. their successes. And I think I that goes along with can you learn from those and then alter your behavior to be more successful for yourself, your team, and your organization. I am really enjoying this conversation, and I think through our dialogue, we've really identified a number of qualities of good leader. We're going to take another break, and we'll be right back as soon as we can. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Health costs companies a lot more than just benefits, premiums, and health plans. Think about the underlying cost with not having healthy employees in the program investing in the future. Creating Wealth Through Health, host Susan Doherty will discuss employee wellness programs, how staying healthy affects the bottom line, and how to get your team engaged in better health as a way of life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Welcome back to Leadership Matters. This is Jenny Fruma, and I'm co-hosting today with Linda Schub. And we have terrific guests. I'm so excited on the show. Um, Bill Gillers and Larry Barotkin. And we've been talking about many things, but we ended up the last segment talking about some qualities of good leadership. And I want to shift gears a little bit right now. I do have a question uh, from Kevin in Maryland. Kevin says that he is a middle manager of a non-profit human service organization with 60 employees and he has seven direct reports and his question is I hear a lot about the leadership pipeline what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So Larry do you want to start and then Bill? Sure. Sure, thank you Jenny. The leadership pipeline that's a term that's often used in the whole world of succession planning. In other words, as we look at our key positions in our various organizations, who's in the pipeline? In other words, who are those individuals that are likely to take on those leadership roles? Um, It's kind of interesting. In what I'll call the old days 20 years ago, a lot of coaching was typically done on individuals who are having a great deal of performance difficulty. Now it's really done a total 180. Now organizations are focusing on those individuals in the leadership pipeline, those individuals who are the high potentials. I would, it's really done a total flip. And the whole idea is that people can, can demonstrate leadership being an individual contributor. Leadership is shown in terms of how one interacts with others while meeting their goals. So there are many leaders in organizations who don't necessarily have managerial or, quote, leadership titles. Does the person meet expectations, bring people along, help mentor, coach individuals? Um, We often say that sometimes the leadership position comes to the person because they've already been displaying those leadership qualities, whether they've had the exact title or not. So leadership pipeline, I would say your best organizations, nonprofit, public sector, for-profit, are definitely investing in those individuals because the worst thing an organization can do is say, okay, now it's time Mm -hmm. for the leadership change. Who's ready? Right. Right. And it's such a great question, Kevin, so we really appreciate you emailing it in. Um, Bill, anything that you might want to add to what Larry said about the leadership pipeline? Well, I think it it reinforces what we were talking about in, in one of the earlier segments, that the uh, it's necessary to realize um, that leadership qualities occur anywhere uh, in an organization. A leader, you can be an individual solo performer and still be a leader um, within the organization. And um, it's important to, to remember that in the leadership equation, uh, there really are not subordinates. They're really allies and um, followers are a necessary element in the leadership equation. But everybody plays both the role of follower and leader. 
because any organization has uh, somewhat of a hierarchical structure. So you have a boss, you have people who are below you in the organization. However, the um, uh, the better view these days is that um, whatever your actual position is on the organization chart, you have the opportunity to provide direction to the organization by the way in which you approach your work and the way in which you approach your colleagues either in the same type of work that you're doing or across organizational lines in a different part of, of the group. Um, the focus is always now, it should be, on meeting the needs of the customer. And even governmental organizations, which traditionally have not viewed uh, the citizenry as customers, are now doing so. Uh, so that is also part of it. And no matter what your role is, you can provide leadership mm-hmm. in the way you approach the work that you do. And, and, and to build off of that, I think you bring a really good important point up is that it's important for organizations and individuals and organizations to understand the difference between leadership and management. Um, there really are two distinct things. Um, leadership is really engaging, motivating. There's a whole strong people component to it. Managing really, if you, if you think about it, it's more of a task-oriented thing. To a certain extent, if you had enough good policies and procedures, your policies and procedures could manage a task or manage a workforce. So I think it's important, especially for emerging individuals within organizations, to think, Yes, it's important that we got that task done. That's the management piece. Mm -hmm. But how did we get it done? That's really where the leadership starts to come in. And as individuals look at their careers or look at their own ambitions, it's important for them to think, yes, I'm getting results, but how am I doing it? Am I leading or am I simply managing? Because there's a bunch of managers out there, but it's those individuals who demonstrate those leadership qualities who will reach the higher levels of their organizations. And, and Kevin, I also want Linda to have a chance to weigh in here, but just before, Linda, I ask you to do that, and thank you, Larry and Bill, for your comments, is I once saw something that said managers need to be leaders. Their workers need vision and guidance. On the other hand, leaders need to be good managers of the resources entrusted to them. Mm. And for Mm -hmm. me, I know that, has a lot of meaning, but Linda, come on and weigh in here. Well, um, one of the things I find frequently that I am um, trying to get people to change their mindset around if I behave like a manager, this is sustainable. If I behave like a leader, which they don't always know what behaviors they, those are, then this is impassioned, not only within myself, but within my team and teamwork and um, the folks that I'm working around every day. And so to me, those are two uniquely different sets of daily behaviors because you can have a frontline um, person who works in a field crew go out there and back to doing the right thing and ethics and influence. And if um, 
I work with a lot of folks who are on that verge of no longer being the senior lead but becoming a supervisor. Mm-hmm. And um, they have to think if somebody, back to what somebody else said a minute ago, if somebody had a camera on me all day long, because we are videotaped an average of 25 times a day or something like that, if someone had a camera on me all day long, would I be proud of my behaviors when I think no one's watching? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the differences between leadership and management, which is knowing that people will be watching, are you always bringing people in and not just doing things at the level of, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but at the level of completion and compliance, which is more on the managerial side, or I think of it as a continuum, side of the continuum, or are you doing things that say, gee, with the new technology, what could be possible? Or with the new uh, commitment of our volunteers, what could be possible? And trying to stretch that um, into something new and, generally speaking, in the past 10 years, novel. Mm-hmm. Well, a really interesting point. I think that that gives me such a strong graphic to think about when we talk about ethics and behavior and, you know, leadership and what it means to manage. Yeah, I mean, if, as we think about these topics, I mean, those, you know, they always say, what is a good judge of character? Character is how one behaves when, you know, you don't think anyone is watching you because mm-hmm. that really demonstrates how that person will act. Um, and if you think, do people in their careers, do they aspire to be managers or aspire to be leaders? So I think they really are two distinct things. It's almost like an individual has to go through that evolution or that growth. Typically, people will get the management piece in hand. Mm-hmm. Since once that is there, that's a little bit like the basement or the foundation, doesn't, quite, doesn't make you the leader but that's the foundation you need, so then you can start working on the higher-level skills of engagement, on motivation, on empowerment, those mm-hmm. types of things. Energy, so, influence, political acumen. Right. You know, exactly. Relationship building outside of your circle. Exactly. One, one thing that I found that was important in my uh, career was uh, recognizing that sometimes I would have to lead up, not only lead across or lead down, on the organization chart. And what I mean by that is that sometimes it was important to uh, tell my supervisors, my bosses, that perhaps there's another way of looking at a situation. And perhaps by changing a paradigm and shifting some expectations, we would actually become more successful um, with a leaner profile, and that that has become a theme, doing more with less. I think Larry mentioned that before. Uh, in an environment where you have to do more with less, you have to be more productive and you have to be more effective with fewer uh, people and uh, fewer resources. So sometimes it's necessary in your, when you're a leader in an organization to not only lead down among your team, but to lead up. And sometimes that takes a lot of courage but it takes also, and it also takes self-confidence, which I think is another trait of great leaders, um, having, having a sense of self, not to be cocky and not hubris, 
but I'm talking about self-confidence that's born of a knowledge that you can bring to the table some very important and powerful concepts, and by expressing them, uh, people will listen. Right, and I, I would add then that by having those qualities, going back to our original segment where we were talking about culture, really understanding the culture first and knowing how to communicate that confidence and knowing how to communicate that which you might in fact bring to the table mm-hmm. as a leader and being able to manage up and across. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting if we think about the whole area of communication, one of the studies I'll never forget, and we use it in our coaching, 93% of a presenter or a speaker's impact is not content. 93% of their Hello. impact are all the nonverbals, position, mm-hmm. body language, tone, rate, confidence. Um, and along with that, and I think Bill made a very important point, leaders <laughs> are the ones who take risks. Take risks. Can you hold that point, Larry? Sure. Because we're going to come back um, after the break. Kevin from Maryland, thank you so much for your question. I think you probably got a lot more than you bargained for. <laughs> but thank you for listening to um, Leadership Banders, informing leaders and inspiring solutions, and we will be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hi, welcome back to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. During the break, we were talking about risk. We actually ended up the last segment talking a little bit about risk and some of the challenges, and I think that's another whole show. Um, So we can certainly consider that in the future, but changing gears once again, I'd like to transition a little into asking you each to say a few sentences about a leader that you do or have admired and what qualities they have as leaders that resonates with you. And we do this for each show. So, Bill, would you, would you lead us in? Uh, sure. Um, I would select two. Um, one, a historical figure, uh, being um, an, a, a big um, history buff myself. I've read a lot about Abraham Lincoln, and um, a lot of parallels were drawn to the current administration when um, uh, the current president brought in former rivals uh, to serve in his cabinet. Lincoln did that and um, and was able to benefit uh, greatly from the, uh, uh, the knowledge and the... Um, uh, inspiration that they provided um, in my and and I think that's a that's a very valuable lesson that um, a, a good leader should have the uh, power of self confidence to be able to bring in uh, to the organization um, all all different kinds of voices a, a diverse um, uh, set of um, skill sets and um, predispositions and perhaps perspectives really enhances the decision-making process. In my personal uh, uh, career, I had a mentor, one of my bosses, who I observed firsthand and was very impressed with her ability to set aside um, her personal ambition, of which she had a lot, and to be able to um, uh, subordinate that to being able to listen and glean from people uh, and understand what each person brought to the organization. She had a great facility for seeing talent in different people and assessing that and bringing it to bear and harnessing it um, in support of the mission of the organization. And mm-hmm. so she became my mentor. And so I would, I would also say that um, uh, having uh, a mentor, as I said at the top of the program, is being a mentor and having a mentor are very important in being effective as a leader. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Bill, for sharing that. I think those qualities um, are really admirable, and I'm pleased that you had that experience. Um, Larry, what about you? Thanks, Jenny. Um, yeah, my family is rooted in education, So when I, and my mom was a teacher, so when I always think about leadership, I always go to more of the, the coaching feedback aspect of leadership, and there would be a couple of individuals that I would point to. One is a, uh, a past boss. At, uh, at a nonprofit institution, and I think one of the dis- one of the behaviors that he displayed um, that I really appreciated as I was growing in my career was that the whole idea of a good feedback session is the behavior has changed, but you do not feel any less of a person. So you can, can you say that, that again? Me- sure. 
that in a good in a good feedback or in a good coaching session, you learn what behavior should be changed and why, but you don't feel like any less of a person. Hmm. So you leave with an idea of what must be done, but you don't feel devalued in any way. So that was one leader and lesson. The other one would actually be our current CEO, um, because he was really my first teacher out of school. And what I've always appreciated there was very high standards, very high expectations, and in a sense, the confidence that he displayed in me, I think over the years, I incorporated. So where I may not have seen certain abilities or talents or whatever those things may be in myself, that individual did and then helped grow those through his coaching and mentoring through the years. And it sounds a little bit about what Bill was saying about being able as a, as a good leader to recognize talent and then to mm-hmm. mentor that. Right. And also yeah. the self-fulfilling prophecy notion. Mm-hmm. If you approach people from the point of view that they're coming to work not to screw up, but they're coming to work mm-hmm. because they want to make an effective contribution, mm-hmm. uh, you, you come with that approach and you say to yourself, okay, these people, they may not, this, this person may have a problem, that uh, task didn't get done correctly, but the bottom line is people are coming to work to make a contribution. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if you have that positive view that people are there and they really want to do a good job and you reinforce that, right. generally you get better behavior back. Yeah. Larry, um, and thank you for that, Bill. I, I think that is something that sometimes people are unconsciously doing or not doing, and I think that can be really helpful. Given the time that we have, I want to make sure that I leave some time for you, Larry, to let us know about any events or information that you might want to share, last thoughts, websites, and then, Bill, I'm going to ask you to do the same. And, Linda, I'm going to ask you to summarize today. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Jenny. Go ahead, Larry. First of all, thanks to all of you, to Bill, great conversation, and to Linda and Jenny, thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah, the best way to, to reach me or our organization, Pradco, is through the website, www.pradco.com. Um, we do a lot of work with nonprofits and assessment when they are bringing new people in or promoting up the ranks, but we also do a lot of coaching. We have special coaching programs for emerging leaders, women leaders, and I would be happy to provide any information. I know my email is on the bio that was attached to the show notes, and my direct line, and I'm always happy to take a call, is uh, 440-337-4680. And again, just really wanted to express my appreciation um, for uh, this conversation. It's oh, been really thank wonderful. You. Thank you, Larry, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you as well. And, Bill, any last thoughts, any information that you would like to share with our listeners? I would just say to people who are aspiring to be managers or leaders or uh, to advance within their work organization to always focus on the big picture and really learn from their colleagues and take away uh, the best practices that they're observing and absorb them and incorporate them into their own way of operating. Um, never be so attached to your own way of thinking and a way of doing things so as to close out the gift of observing talents and abilities in others. So if you're always evolving and always willing to adapt 
you know, chances are you will succeed in whatever path you've set for yourself. Thank you. Thank you and, so much. Uh, I don't take, uh, I'm not taking any new consulting clients, so <laughs> I'm not giving out my website, okay. my website well, or my email address, but I, I, I really appreciated the opportunity to, to participate today. Thank you so much, both Larry and Bill. And Linda, we're out of time. I'm sorry. It was a fabulous discussion. We're always out of time. And thank you for bringing enlightening new information. And it's been delightful. I really think it's been fabulous. And we hope to have you join us next week for Leadership Matters. And we wish you a great holiday and be safe out there. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.